This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today I'm delighted to introduce you to an award-winning actress who is not only a shining star in this industry, but also has an inspiring story and some great advice for up-and-coming emerging artists or really anyone who wants to find and follow their bliss. So before we meet her, let me tell you a little bit more about Helena Alexis Seymour. Helena Alexis was born in Canada and is known for her exceptional talent and screen presence. She received critical acclaim for her portrayal of Jessica Wu in The Chronicles of Jessica Wu, earning her the Best Actress Award twice in the Vegas Movie Awards in 2020 and in 2023. Congratulations on that. The Best Actress Award at the Toronto Film Channel Awards in 2021 and landing her on the 2019 Primetime Emmy Ballot. In addition to her success on the small screen, Helena Alexis is a two-time winner of the Ottawa Faces Best Actress Award, as well as a 2015 Black Canadian Awards nominee for Best Actress. With an impressive acting career spanning several years, Helena Alexis has appeared in a range of notable films, including Triple X, Return of Xander Cage 2017, Birdman, that feature film, wow, 2014, Beauty and the Beast 2012, and many more. However, her journey in the entertainment industry started at a young age when she landed her first acting gig at just 10 years old, playing the lead in a national commercial for post-golden raisin crisp cereal. As an emerging actress with a natural talent for the screen, Helena Alexis continued to land significant roles such as playing, and I'm fascinated by this one, Vanessa Williams in the recurring VH1 Christmas film, Diva's Christmas Carol at age 15. With her impressive skills and undeniable passion for acting, Helena Alexis has proved herself to be a remarkable talent in the industry and a true force to be reckoned with. I'm so happy to have her here Helena Alexis, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Grateful to be here. Great to have you here. I have to ask you about that start for you at 10 years old when you landed your first acting role in a commercial for post-Golden Raisin Crisp cereal. What are your memories of that experience? Wow, that will always be a memory because my brother and I began acting together. So he's three years younger than me and I was a shy introverted one and he was the outgoing one with all the personality. So he had booked prior commercials to this one of me booking it. So we went to the audition together, waiting in the waiting room. The casting director recognized him from booking him on a previous job, came out and was like, hey, little Demetrius, how are you doing? Why don't you come in here with me and help me cast these pretty girls until it's your turn? I was like, are they really doing this in front of me? Like, they, I feel like I didn't book this job. So I went in the bathroom, gave myself a pep talk because I'm used to being the one that's overlooked because I'm shy. And I was like, Helena, Alexis, you are booking this. So I had a baseball hat. I put it backwards. The shirt tied around my window, like owning it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to really just do something different that they've never seen before. So I stand out. 
So whenever, wow. was, yes. So whenever it was our turn to go in, they brought two at a time. So me and my brother were a team, but they had two other kids going right before us that we got to like watch in the background so they could, you know, swap us really quickly for the next audition. So I, and the whole audition, we had to eat cereal. That was it. So they're like, just go and eat cereal. So I watched these kids just eat their cereal, like la-di-da. I was like, oh, okay. That's what everyone's probably doing. So when it was our turn to go up, I had my hands in this cereal and I was throwing it up and catching it and doing all this crazy stuff. And my brother looked at me and he's like, oh, I'm going to try to do that too. And that's how I booked the job. It was like, I stood out. I really owned it because I was so upset that I was being overlooked again. I'm like, no, not this time. And when the phone rang, my mom answered it and she was surprised that they called for me because she wasn't used. This is my first job and she wasn't used to them ever calling for me. She's like, are you sure? You don't want (laughs) Dimitri? No, we want Helena Alexis. And I was like, (laughs) so that was an incredible audition and an incredible booking moment. And then when I actually got to set, I had so much fun that I couldn't believe that they were paying me to do this. I'm like, if this is what acting is, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, what I love about that story is that you had this acting instinct at such an early age to stand out, to do something different, to take a risk, to take a chance. Like what fabulous, like for any actors out there who are listening, this is exactly what you need, right? Is to stand out for the rest. And, and you did, that's fabulous. Yeah. You also, I think people know you for receiving critical acclaim for your portrayal of Jessica Wu in the TV show Chronicles of Jessica Wu, earning you, as mentioned, uh, off the top Best Actress Award at the Toronto Film Channel Awards in 2021, Best Actress Award at the Vegas Movie Awards in 2020, landing you on the primetime Emmy belt. So let's start there for a moment. What a wonderful series with such an important message. Can you tell us a little bit more about your character, Jessica Wu? Yes. And I also just want to add that I also landed myself on the 2023 primetime Emmy ballot for my role. So this year, they just announced it. So awesome. (gasps) Congratulations. Wow. That's fabulous. Was that the call you just got before this? Well, so yes, I just had a call before this because they announced the ballot a couple weeks ago. And then this morning, just two hours ago, they announced the nominations. And Jasmine Guy, who's in our series, got nominated for supporting actress. So although I didn't get the nomination, I landed the ballot and my co-star Jasmine Guy is nominated. So either way, uh, our show has <laughs> been nominated for a primetime Emmy this year. So I'm super grateful. That's, yay! That's so awesome. Well, we'll be rooting for you and uh, watching out for good news about that. That's fabulous. Yes. yes. So tell us about this character, Jessica Wu, and please tell us about also the whole idea of who she is and all of the challenges that she's facing. Okay. So The Chronicles of Jessica Wu is a series about a young lady, Jessica, who was and is autistic. She's on the autism spectrum. When she was a young girl, she was mute. She didn't speak at all. She didn't even make eye contact. And I can relate to being introverted growing up as a kid, being bullied, didn't speak, didn't have any friends. Literally, my inner voice was my best friend. And that's how I found God, you can say. Um, So I definitely related and connected to the character on a deep level. And when I received this audition, I did so much research on autism because everyone is different on the autistic spectrum. Watch season one of the show because that was released already. And I came in as season two and three as the new Jessica, which is beautiful. Um, So when I went into the audition, the entire cast was in the room. So I recognized them all. I was like, oh, 
I, I, I know you and you and you. <laughs> so I went over the room before I even auditioned. And then luckily I did a great portrayal of Jessica and booked the role. Um, she also is a superhero. So Jessica uses her autism as a superpower. So she grew up, although she was mute and nonverbal, she met this martial arts guy called David Wu because her mother passed away and her, her biological father was very abusive. So this man, David Wu, took her in, taught her martial arts, gave her confidence, and that's how she became speaking, became more confident in her body, and used her autism to her name's equation, her superhero name, to plan her next move. So she would make these equations in her mind, and then she would mm. know her opponent's next move. And so she uses her disability as her strength. It's her superpower. And so I, I also that. believe that we all have vulnerabilities and things that we portray or we perceive as our weaknesses, but that's actually our strength and superpower, like mine as well. Like if I didn't have all those beliefs come after me as a kid and go inwards, I would have never found God. I would never found my instincts, my intuition, my inner voice and become my own best friend and self-love. People are still searching for their inner voice to this day as adults. So I'm grateful for all of that. I believe everything happens for a reason. And yes, I also did a lot of kickboxing and martial arts training prior because I wanted to manifest a role where I could use my own stunts on screen. So me and my sensei wow. were actually training together for two years before this audition came around, praying for a role where I could use my stunt skills. And then it came around. I was like, wow, we did this. This happened. Yeah. Well, I love that because that's like manifesting, right? So you're, are you saying you started martial arts before you even knew about the character of Jessica Wu? Yeah. So there you go, guys. There is an example in living color of manifestation, right? You were you were doing something. You knew it would stand you in good stead and serve you in some capacity. I mean, it's a beautiful art form. So that in itself. But isn't that fascinating that doing that practice might have even... You know, you put that energy out to the universe and that might have even been how you came to find this role and the role came to find you. Absolutely. I totally believe in that. And if you want, because that's my goal, I want to use my physical strength. My dad, when I was born, he was like, oh, she's going to be a bodybuilder when she grows up. She's going to be strong. I was like, maybe not a bodybuilder, but I'll definitely be a strong character on screen because I love working out and I love yoga as well. So I definitely knew that if I wanted something to come about in the universe, you have to show the universe first that you're putting in the steps towards it. So I was like, okay, I want to be Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider type character. So let me <laughs> And two years later, I got the opportunity. I, I love this. I, I also love doing research. So I really related to hearing about how you really stepped it up and were so thorough in your research and you did copious amounts of it. And I love that you walked in, in there and you, I'm sure people noticed that, right? Because you knew all their names, you knew all of their plot lines and their characters and what they were doing. And, and you also knew a lot about autism. And, and I love also that you didn't just sort of say, okay, autism and find one definition, but you found multifarious definitions because as you know, it's so different for every single person. So incredible. And what has the community of people who have autism, what has been their reaction to you doing this role? I've received so many letters, so many emails and Facebook messages from random people that I've never met before, just thanking me for my portrayal of Jessica Wu, that it's inspired them, that they have a son or a daughter that has autism and they love watching this show because they love seeing, it's already rare to see like a strong black woman, mixed race woman on screen, but to see someone with autism playing a strong leading role is like, 
That's just inspiring. We need to see ourselves on screen. So if I can be that role model for them, I'm so grateful. Like that's what it's all about for me. You know, (laughs) that's what it's all about. I love that. I love that. It's just an an extra special added fabulous bonus. It's really amazing. So stepping in, was it, was it an easy sort of step in? Was it an effortless grace or did it have it sort of like got to get catch up to all of this? Like, what was that like? Because at the beginning of that must've been, that's like walking into a job that someone's had for 20 years and you just have to step in gracefully, but it's not easy, right? I mean, definitely I felt nervous my first day on set, but knowing that they were all rooting for me, they were all at the audition. They were all supporting. They're the ones that called to tell me I booked the job on like a three-way phone call, the producer, the director. It was like, okay, they, I could feel the love. I already feel like family. And so it wasn't as intimidating as I, it could have been. It was actually very welcoming and very loving. Do you think the preparation and the fact that you aced the audition helped you land it? Like, did you know in that moment, I'm going to get this role. I have a really good, but it's funny eh? how we know. And it's funny because I left my headshot in the car. So I had to go back in the car, go back in their office and drop it in between of them auditioning other characters. And in that moment of me going in my car and coming back before I walked in the room, I was like, okay, Helena, you're going to be on Amazon prime. Like you booked this role. You know that, right? And then I was like, okay, knock on the door, give them my headshot, smile, see you later. I already knew. I was telling myself, like, I'm ready for this. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love those stories. That's the best. So, and the studying of martial arts, I mean, that whole thing is absolutely incredible. Are you still doing it? Do you still love the study of martial arts? You're in it. I'm in it. You're in it. That's so great. You touched on this, but I think it's so important to really highlight this. What is the message for young women and all women? that you want for them to take away from watching Jessica Wu? What's the message you want to impart from this series? That they're strong, that your vulnerabilities, your, which you perceive as your weaknesses are actually your strengths and your superpowers. That Mm -hmm. the thing that you think is like something that you need to work on or you feel vulnerable, it's like, actually, if you tap more into that, there's so much magic there. And that's what Jessica Wu did. And I want to remind everyone on the autism spectrum, all women, all mixed race women, anyone that stands out, feels different, got bullied, doesn't feel like they belong. You are powerful. You are so strong and powerful. You guys are all superheroes. So great. There's a beautiful Japanese poem about a ceramic piece, a bowl, and it has a crack in mm. the bottom of it. And people think, well, it's not perfect anymore. But it's in fact, that is what makes it perfect because that sliver is what allows the light in and allows it to be illuminated and to be more beautiful than anything ever before. So in its perfect form, it's not perfect. In its imperfect form, the light comes through and illuminates. I have that photo on my phone, actually. I Are do. you serious? Where I know Do you know it? Do you know it by heart? I don't know the line, but I have that photo on my phone. I saved it like three years That's, ago. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's great. We, we have a lot. There's so much symmetry. Uh, I have to tell you in your story and in and my story as well, that it was fascinating putting this together because I just went, oh my God, do I ever understand this am, person who I've never even met? So it, it's really, really cool. You've won many awards for doing Chronicles of Jessica Wu. We mentioned some of them, Best Actress Award, Toronto Film Channel Awards, Best Actress Award, Vegas Movie Awards. You're on this ballot this year, 2023. What was it like when you won that first award? Like, what did that feel like for you? Because, you know, we take these things for granted and people don't realize how much, sometimes it takes 20 years. As Rita Rudner, the comedian, once said to me in an interview many years ago, it takes 20 years to become an overnight sensation. It's all tiny little ballet baby steps to get to that but you've had many accolades now, but that first one, was that a rush, a trip? 
oh my gosh, I also believe it takes 25 years. My acting teacher. <laughs> okay, well, I'm almost there. I started at nine and I'm 38 now. So we're there. Um, but the Vegas Movie Awards, that was the biggest accomplishment, the biggest award for me that I won. And I cried so hard. There's a photo of me holding my award on social media, even on their website that they have on there still, that I'm just bawling. It's just... And it's not about the award itself. It's that it's given me a platform to, you know, show people like you're powerful. You're on the autism spectrum. You're a woman. You're black. You're mixed race. It's like, it's just making people more aware of the show so they can watch it and be inspired. That's the love that I have. I was like, thank you for this platform. And for me to be on the 2023 primetime Emmy ballot, it's like more people are going to watch the show and be inspired. I'm going to cry. Yes. I love that. I, lo- I love your heart in what you do. And I think that this is why you're so successful because there's a real heart piece. This is not just your career and your thing that you do, but your heart is evident in so much of, of what you do. And, and it shows Thank you. your very impressive acting career also landed you in a range of very notable films, as mentioned off the top, including a fabulous story that I love that you tell where there was a day where you found yourself shooting a role in two major films. Yes both in different cities. Yes. And you were living in Ottawa at the time and casting it called your agent requested that you come to the office for a chemistry read in Montreal. And little did you know that saying yes to the Montreal booking was for this huge Hollywood blockbuster Birdman directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Iratu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You'll correct me <laughs> later. And you wrapped just in time for you to drive back to Ottawa to film your second feature film. And you could have said, no, th- this is, and a lot of actors might've said that. This oh, yeah. is just too much for one day, but you believe in two things. And I want to make sure I understand this correctly. Being in the right place at the right time and knowing that, as you've said, God is orchestrating the whole thing for you. Yep. Can you tell us more about that experience and how often before a major breakthrough, we get tested in life? When it looks like it's all falling apart, that's when it's actually coming together. Is it just trusting that the universe will unfold as it should and that all will work out perfectly? And it did. Is that what it's all about? Can you tell us more? Literally, that's what it's all about. I believe things happen for a reason. And also, if you truly want something, you have to prove it. You can't just, it's not just going to fall in your lap. You have to earn it. Otherwise, you won't be grateful for it. You won't appreciate it. So everyone says who's in the entertainment industry that are actors, like, oh, I want to be an actor. It's like, great. How's your IMDb? Is it updated? There are so many people that I work with that I am still waiting for them to update their IMDb. I'm like, I even sent them texts. like, your thing is not up there yet. Did you do it? Did you do it? Like, no, I didn't do yes. it. It's like, yes. am I the only passionate one here? Like there's so many other passionate ones. Yes. But I had this audition or chemistry read because I already had the call back and audition in Montreal. And yeah, the casting director that sent me to that knew I was in town and sent my agent a call. Like, can Helen Alexis come to this last minute audition? And when I got there, it was only me and another female. I was like, oh, she handpicked us because the role was filming the next day. Meanwhile, I lived two hours away, or I did in Ottawa. So I was like, even if it is filming the next day, like it's 7 p.m., like I have to go home and get my stuff to come back if I'm going to book it. Like, what do I do? Do I go home? That audition, like (laughs) that already was stressing me out. So I was like, if I book it, great. But also like, how am I going to, maneuver it. So I was like, you know what? Even from then, I was like, I'm just going to give it to God. The fact that I'm already in Montreal, being at the right place at the right time, this happened for a reason. So I'm just going to go to the audition, just see how it goes. It'll be fine. And then the next day came around. I did not get a phone call. So I was like, okay, that's all right. I'll just go on with my day. 
until later in the <laughs> afternoon. They did call and they changed the day from shooting on that day to the day after. And I was like, oh, oh. okay, cool. Except <laughs> I'm already booked on this other film, which booked me yes. three months prior. So my agent and the casting director were back and forth with the director. And long story short, like you said, Birdman was being filmed in Montreal in the morning. The other job in Ottawa was being filmed at like late afternoon, not even that late in the evening, like four o'clock in the afternoon. So oh was my tight. goodness. Yes, I was still stressed. And I still didn't know what the name of the job in Montreal was. I just agreed to do it because why not? God's handling it. <laughs> right. Until I got to set and the makeup artist is doing my makeup in the trailer and she had a picture of Michael Keaton's face. I was like, oh, oh did God. you just recently, like, I don't even know why he's there. Like, did you just do his makeup? <laughs> she's like, well, no, he's in the film. And I, I just watched another film at four o'clock in the morning last night, but I, I am on zero sleep, but I would not miss an opportunity to work with this director in this project. I was like, what? <laughs> Can I, okay, let me go wow. on. Like, maybe it's on there. And then I saw the director, the entire cast was there and I was blown away. And it is a fact, like when a huge, and then we won four Academy Awards for this film, when a huge opportunity is about to enter your path and your journey, God will test Mm -hmm. you so much to see if you really do want it. Because with great success, you have to risk a lot. You have, you know, it's not easy. So of course, like to be in that project, I would be tested at the audition, at the booking, like every, every way. So I'm so grateful that I just had the faith, trusted that everything would work out, gave my all, and then it It worked out. That's so great. I I love that story. It's just because there's so many themes in that story and so many lessons. It's it's really incredible. I just want to go back to your childhood for a moment. You were not a gregarious kid, as as you mentioned earlier. You were an introvert. You were one of three black or mixed race kids at your school. You were teased for your hair. You were being bullied. You um, being bullied really made you almost become more introverted and made you constantly ask this question, who am I? Which ironically, again, you know, the gifts that we have that we don't see at the time helped steal you for this challenging acting career that you're in because you were able to tap into your inner voice and your intuition. Can you say more about, so isn't it fascinating though, how these things that we think are our biggest, you know, curse are actually our greatest blessing? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I started asking the question, who am I from the first grade? So I don't know how that makes you six years old. A lot of adults just begin to ask that question. So the only answer I got from my parents was, you're Helena Alexis. I was like, but (laughs) who is that? Like you named me that. I don't know who that is. So I started going inwards and started talking to myself and became friends with myself. And on the monkey bars at recess, I would just talk to God, which I didn't know it was God at the time. I was just talking to myself, my best friend, my imaginary friend. And yeah, there was no friends at my school. No one wanted to be friends with me because I looked weird. I was black. I had a flat nose. That was a big thing they teased me about. Um, my hair was in a big afro. So on the bus, they would stick pencils and stuff in them because I couldn't feel it. My hair was so big. It was rough. In my second grade, this boy came up to me and said the most racist comment. Like, did you fall into the mud? I was like, what? Ugh. Please tell me he got punished or kicked out of school. No. And then he, like, it was every day. And I I switched schools after that. I finished the second grade and I switched schools. Then he came up to me with a magic marker. Should I finish coloring in your face? Like the harshest, terrible, harshest, brutal, brutal, brutal. I would cry every day and ask my parents to be homeschooled. And they 
were like, we'll just switch you schools next year. And so it toughened me up because at this point, like I'm in the second grade, you know? So as the years went on and now being an adult, I have so much self-love for myself. It's like, you can't tell me anything. I heard it at a young age. So, you know, if I don't book a role or the rejection that comes with every audition until you book that one that changes your life, I'm like, it's fine. It was probably because my hair was too long or my nose was maybe too flat or maybe I'm too tall. Like, I don't care. Maybe it wasn't my talent at all. Maybe I am the best actor in the room, but maybe I'm, you know, just looking, maybe I look like the lead and they can't have someone that looks like the lead. Cause I remember on triple X three, they actually had the lead, like we were part of this crew with this the main actress, she's blonde. And there were four other girls in the crew and there was another blonde and they put a red <laughs> hair wig on her because she couldn't look like her. They're like, we can't have two blondes. Wow. So sometimes that fascinating? Sometimes it's just about your look and it's not a big yeah. deal. It's nothing personal. So all the bullying actually strengthened me and looking at my group of friends and even older ladies, like my family members, I'm like, they love themselves, but I can still see that there's some insecurities. Like we all have insecurities. Of course. But, of course. Know, like, I feel so strong as a rock. I am grateful for the bullies. I'm grateful for all the hardships because literally it just made me into the diamond that I am now. It's fine. I'm Absolutely. It's so fun. It's so funny you said diamond because I was thinking that, that you're hard like a diamond, but you're also, and I mean hard in, in, in the sense of strong in a good way, but you're also sparkly. And and for our audience who can't see Helena Alexis and aren't going to see her on our social media, but you should uh, go look at the Bliss Minute and that will direct you to where you can see her. She's absolutely beautiful. So I'm sure some of those earlier bullies are going, wait a minute. So here's this movie star, <laughs> television star, acclaimed actress is rising and, you know, beyond. And so there you go. It's, it's pretty amazing. I want to also go back to those little performances that you used to make, even when you were shy in your basement of your home for your parents. And they also thought they could help you combat your shyness by enrolling you in dance classes and beauty pageants. And I'm wondering how this helped you come out of your shell. And what did you feel like when you were participating in these beauty pageants and dance competitions? Did that help you get over your shyness? Absolutely. It's interesting because I am an introvert, but whenever I'm on stage or performing, I feel like I have the permission to speak because that's what you're supposed to do. So it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to do this. But in my real life, it's like, I feel like either people don't want to listen, but on stage, they have to listen. So that's why I actually felt more confident on stage. So yeah, I would perform like in my basement, I would do little skits, little dance routines. And then the beauty pageants, having the microphone in my face, forcing me to talk and be like, oh, I'm happy to talk because you're going to listen this time. So it's it's funny that I'm actually more confident on stage. And I know that a lot of people in the entertainment industry are introverts and they're more confident on stage. And now I understand because that's exactly how I am as well. Yeah, the dance classes helped me also get into my body as well. And this is also why I love doing yoga. And it it all just is full circle. It all makes sense. (laughs) Yes. And I think I I was going to say that, that you were in part of a huge model talent competition in New York City. I want to talk more about that in just a moment, but we're going to go on a short commercial break first, more with Finding Your Bliss and Helena Alexis Seymour when we return. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. 
In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, we are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740, and I'm back with actress Helena Alexis. And just before the break, I was asking you about what it was like to be part of this huge model talent competition in New York called the International Model and Talent Competition, which allowed you to see all of the possibilities in your future. And sometimes that's necessary, right? And was there a moment in all of this that made you go, I think I could do this for the rest of my life? I'm confident that I actually could take this and make it a career. Oh, absolutely. I had entered the competition when I was six years old, six or seven years old. And Katie Holmes was actually in my division. So she's wow. from the same convention, Jessica Biel, Ashton Kutcher. They're all from the IMTA. And I specifically wow. remember Katie Holmes and she won everything. But I also placed in like swimwear and runway competition and some TV commercial things. So it gave me confidence like, oh, wow, this is a possibility. And look at all these agents. So there was a convention in New York City and then six months later in Los Angeles. And when I went to the, I went to both. When I went to the one in Los Angeles, I came back to Canada and I cried. I was completely super sad and down. And my friends at school, well, the kids at school were like, how come you're so sad, Helena, Alexis? I'm like, because I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I need to go back to LA. So from a child, I knew that I just wanted to be in Los Angeles and that that's where my bliss was. That's where my happiness was and being on stage, being on set. And so then I got into acting fully because I was just doing a little, little bit of modeling at the time. And then I booked my first commercial. And that's when I knew for sure, like, this is it for me. Wow. That's so cool. The more I read about you in preparing for this interview, the more I realized what a finding your bliss person you are, not only as an actor, but in the way you live your life. So you're also, an, as mentioned, officially certified as a yoga sculpt instructor. What is involved in yoga sculpt? And do you still teach this? And what does it bring to your life? So I just got certified in April and I I don't teach yet. It's just like for my own personal knowledge because I practice yoga every day. So the difference between yoga sculpt and regular yoga is you use hand weights. So it's basically like a power yoga sequence, but then in between like your warrior twos, you're doing bicep curls, you know? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really challenges you because I've been practicing yoga for 17 years, doing vinyasa, shtanga, power, yin, everything. And I wanted something because power is the strongest form that I wanted something that challenged me more, you know? So I found yoga sculpt and I was like, oh, this is perfect because I could also use the muscle strengthening because, you know, I don't lift weights, but now I do lift weights. So it really tones you even more, gives you strength, strengthens your bones. And there's a little cardio burst in between. So you do like jumping jacks and high knees and stuff like that. So it's a nice mix of everything that is super- Sounds so good. Can you, for our listeners, access online, access this kind of yoga online? Or is this something that you learned in LA? Like, are there classes in Toronto in the in the Toronto area for people? Or is this something you can find online? How can people access this kind of yoga? 
the yoga sculpt studio that I practice at is Core Power and they offer online classes. So you can easily go online. I remember when I was living in Canada, the studio I was practicing at Pure Yoga also had yoga sculpts. Yes. Not sure if they do anymore, but you can check. So there are some studios cool. that offer it for sure. You can practice in person or online. That's really great. Thank you. I also, I know you just had a birthday, June 6th. You're yeah. a Gemini. Happy birthday. Yeah. And so it was another thing because I'm very into astrology <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> and so I'm wondering what your relationship is with astrology and how it enhances your life. I study astrology online as well. So Actually, this was also part of my like, who am I story? So as I was digging into spirituality, I came across astrology and it was the one thing that made the most sense to me because the sun will rise and set every day. It's a constant. So that's something we can track along with the stars. And we are all the stars and we are all the zodiac signs. People are focused on just being a Gemini. I was like, well, actually you're everything. So I'm an Aquarius rising with a Capricorn moon and Gemini in my fourth house. Uh, My moon is in the 12th house anything about that that's that's my chart in a nutshell a little bit um, I, you know, depending because we're all different even twins are born it depends on the time you're born your chart is different so that's what makes us all unique and that's why you yes. can see another fellow gemini and be like but how are we so different is well because the way your chart falls like not everyone is the same so i love astrology in that sense and when you dig deeper into the layers like your progress chart your solar return chart your lunar return chart like all of the things it just makes so much sense and you could you can manifest a lot more easily and plan for success in that way as well so for example there's a new moon on monday and i plan on like releasing something on my instagram on mondays so it's just like you know if you plan along with astrology you can manifest your life at a higher capacity. I think you were always a spiritual person. I'm getting that sense since you were little, because I don't think a person says, who am I? That's not very spiritual. That's a pretty spiritual question to ask. But how would you say you really got into spirituality and what has that done for your life? Astrology, I feel like was my first kind of gateway into it. From a child, I was always asking the questions, who am I? And my mom, I didn't know she was into spirituality until she found this palm reading book that she used to have because she was interested and she gave it to me. I'm like, oh, you were into it. Interesting. And then (laughs) I started following this astrologer, Sonia Francis, online with just watching like new moon and full moon videos. And then I went to Sedona on a retreat to do a complete. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> it was an astrology retreat. We studied the asteroid Chiron, which is the wounded healer. Oh. So we all have this asteroid in our chart, which shows where our childhood wound is. And that's why I'm saying our, our wounds are our strength because Chiron is our wounded healer. It's your wound, but it's your superpower. So if you can learn to work with your Chiron, it's actually where you have the greatest power. So, mm. yes, I learned about that. Fascinating. Yes. And the astrologer that I study with and that I really look up to is David Palmer, the Leo King. He is the absolute best. He has changed my life. He has videos on his app, High Vibe, every single day. And honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would even be at this place in my life because his astrology and the way that he guides you is so deep, unlike any other astrologer. Yeah. Write him down, write him down. Yeah, I'm thinking he'd be a great guest to have on the show to continue this conversation. I also loved hearing that you make crowns. This is another thing you don't know about me. Like I I went to Buckingham Palace and and all I wanted to get there was one of the tiaras. So I heard that you make crowns and tiaras from healing crystals, all the more special. And this began when your mother had breast cancer, which she has survived. 
and borrowed one of your beauty pageant crowns and tiaras in the hospital to empower herself. Can you tell us more about how this all started and about your healing crystal jewelry line called Eternal Light? Yes. So my mom was in the hospital for breast cancer and she borrowed one of my beauty pageant crowns because she felt like she wasn't getting enough attention at the hospital for what she needed done. And if she wore the crown, they would look at her as queen. And I was like, well, mom, like, that's cute, but like, <laughs> you should use crystals, you know, to give you more energy and empowerment. And then you're going to have like this clear aura around you. So I just made her one for fun and gave it to her and she wore it and she loved it. So I started making them for my friends and stuff like that. And I don't really make them anymore. This was something I did years ago, but it definitely, like I make my own for, I've made these rings. <laughs> um, oh, beautiful. For, yeah, they're just for me personally, because yeah, I just love having crystals on me all the time. So I feel like they give you energy. They they clear your aura. They empower you. And I also want everyone to to know that they're queens. That's why it started with the crowns. Because my mom wanted to remind herself she was a queen. I was like, yes, you are. But so is everyone. So if people just wore a crown, like they would be reminded of that. And what better than to wear a crystal crown? Okay, so what you guys can't see, if you could show up your hands, what, what crystals are you wearing in your rings? I love them. They're so beautiful. Can you tell us about the pink one and the green one? Yes, this is a rose quartz crystal. So it's the love yeah. crystal, unconditional love. And this is turquoise, which is also for love and healing. And then I have the Buddha ring right there. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Okay. If that, this weren't enough, because I love that you do all these things. She's an actress, but you're also got this whole beautiful wellness, you know, thing happening. You're also an expert in feng shui and believe that we need to heal ourselves from the inside out to live a high vibration life. So by definition, everyone who doesn't know about this, feng shui is the art of arranging pieces and living spaces to create balance with the natural world. So when people say they want to feng shui their home, their goal is to harness energy forces and establish harmony with an individual and their environment. So Helen Alexis, you stumbled on feng shui on your journey towards self-healing and healing your environment. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. Another reason. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. I, um, yes, because my room was always a mess. And as much as I'd clean it, then clutter would just pile in a corner. And I was like, okay, well, maybe if I can scientifically find out why this is happening, then I stumbled upon feng shui. And I was like, oh, well, that's why. So if you're, there's, there's sectors, so north, south, east, west, and then of course you break it down northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, every sector has a color, an element, and even shape yeah. that is assigned to it. And if you have the wrong element, for example, like if I put metal in the south when it should be wood, well then clutter is going to build there. That's just natural. That's how it is. Of course. Of course. You know, and the color is also red, so... I'm looking at my south right now. I'm looking at my red light that I have up. But if you have everything balanced, then you're living in a vortex of energy. So when people come over to my place, they're like, oh, I always feel so good when I'm here. I was like, yeah, because you're in a vortex. <laughs> so wow. it's, like, it's like it's always swirling because it's always balanced. And there's never clutter in my place. Like as much as I might want to leave the dishes undone, I can't. You know, like it just doesn't like I have to do them. It's just it's weird. But it's it's great because it's always clean. It's always vibrating high and feng shui raises your vibration even more. So you step more wow. into who you are. Yeah. Do you have any tips for our listeners? Just like a baby step that they can use to heal their own environments? I'll give you the quick north, south, east, west 
colors. So for the North is your career section. You want to have the element of black and metal there. The South is the element of fame and rising higher in the ladder. So you want the color red because red attracts and the element is wood. East is your family Mm. and health. So blue and green and plants work well. Mm. West is your creativity and children. So the color white, something that is still unmovable um, and metal is great there. So that's a really quick. Nice. I think you just described my house. So I'm really feeling good right now. (laughs) And there is a good vibe in this space. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's very, very cool. I also just want to go back. And this is a, a little bit of a detour here, but to talk about some of the Hallmark movies you've done, specifically playing Vanessa Williams in the recurring VH1 Christmas film, Diva's Christmas Carol at the age of 15. What was it like to play Vanessa Williams and to be in a Christmas movie? Oh, that still plays every year. (laughs) And it's actually one of the top 10 black Christmas movies of all time. Uh I just Googled that the other day. I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. Um, That was my first film that I've ever done. So to have that honor to play a young Vanessa Williams and we shared a trailer. So I was getting my hair while she was getting her makeup done right next to me. I was like... (laughs) a dream come true yes and wow. as blue eyes they fitted me for blue contacts so i got to wear blue contacts <laughs> school afterwards which was fun. Yeah. so fun oh my god <laughs> it was a dream come true it really was kathy griffin was on set she plays the ghost of christmas past so it's an overall all-star cast chili from tlc's in it duran duran it was a dream come true oh my god well i'm going to tell you something we do a christmas show every single year on christmas or the week before christmas we usually have tom Ernst, the film and you know the entertainment critic on to talk about the hottest films i'm going to make you a promise now that next christmas this upcoming christmas we're going to include that film we're going to do a clip from that film with you in it we're going to talk about it maybe even have you on but we're definitely going to highlight that as one of our films okay so i I, because i want to bring that to our listeners so we'll definitely do that is there something coming up for you, Helen Alexis, that you'd like to share with us? What's next for you? I know you highlighted the Emmy ballot. Very cool. But yes. something coming up that you would like to share with our audience. Before we hear more about all of Helena Alexis's exciting new projects, we're going to go on a short commercial break. Be right back with more from Finding Your Bliss and Helena Alexis. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And just before the break, I was asking you, Helena Alexis, if there are any upcoming projects or things that you are excited about and would like to share with our audience. Um, so my film, Proof Sheet, I just had the premiere for two weeks ago. 
And that is talking about human trafficking, which is very much in the media right now with the other film that's in the theaters. I forget the name of it, but it's a very important film, Proof Sheet. So check that out. We just had our premiere, so it'll be released to the general public very shortly. And also the film Exceptional Beings, which I filmed and got released earlier this year in January is out right now. You can watch that on all streaming platforms. That's so cool. Is there a director you'd love to work with or a project you'd love to be involved in that you'd love to share with us? Yes. I'd love for Marvel to pick up Jessica Wu and I would love to be a Marvel superhero because I feel like they need an autistic black female superhero. That would be a dream come true. And since we are on the nominees for Jasmine Guy. Hopefully that gets us attention and then they approach us. That would be dope. Um, (laughs) Besides that, I would love to work with Steven Spielberg because I ran into him randomly in Vancouver a few years ago. Yeah. In the elevator of my long-term stay apartment that he was also staying at. I know. So crazy story. Uh I had a self tape to do that day and I'm my friend is coming over. So I'm going down to get Starbucks and I'm, t- I never text in the elevator, but today I was texting. I was like, Oh, so what do you want from Starbucks, Casey? And then this man who was already in the elevator who I didn't even pay any attention to is like, Hey, how are you? Great day today. And I look up and I'm like, gosh, it's Steven Spielberg. I was ignoring Steven Spielberg in the elevator. Oh <laughs> what, are you what are you doing? So we had a little conversation. And then when I got out, I, went to my Starbucks run and I was like, why didn't you say anything about your acting career? Why did you just small talk? Like you didn't even, nothing. So I feel like God was just introducing us because when we meet again, this will be a funny story and then he'll remember and we'll work on a project together. (laughs) We'll tag him in this. We'll tag him in the podcast. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get this to him somehow. That's fabulous. You know, I found something on YouTube and it was your five top tips of you know, just how to deal with rejection and how not to give up and such great stuff. So just briefly, could you maybe summarize that? I don't know if you even know which video I'm talking about, but just your advice for young actors and even for older actors, for the Zoomer audience, maybe somebody who's wanting to pick this up at any age, dreams have no expiration date, right? Mm. What advice do you have for people who want to do this? One of the things that I mentioned is to create strong boundaries with your relationships, because It's the closest people to you that you think support you. And they probably do, but there might be an underhanded kind of like them trying to hold you back with keeping you on the phone a little bit too long when you should be practicing your size or getting your beauty rest. You know what I mean? So create strong boundaries, have that self-love so you know to take care of you first. That's my big little tip, as well as don't share anything until it's done. If you're working on something, Great. Like I didn't share that I was on the Emmy ballot until now that they announced the nominees and now I'm going to share it. Like I was keeping that to myself. Smart. You know what I mean? I don't need everyone's like energy in there trying to maneuver things with God when it's me and God right now. This is me and God's thing. So I love that. Keep that to yourself. I, I love that. I also love when you sort of talked about how, you know, it doesn't come to everyone right away. Like there are people, it's true, who just sail through. It takes, it takes, you have to, and you said something about staying in your lane mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. sort of being true to yourself and not giving up. Can you just expand on that a little? Yes. So my parents own a modeling talent agency in Canada. So I grew up surrounded by models and actors my whole life. And I would see some, like my brother, <laughs> who would book things off the top, every audition, their first audition, mm-hmm. and then they don't become grateful for it. Like he doesn't act and model at all anymore. 
he he works behind the scenes as a manager. So that's great. He found his his journey, but I'm still thriving. I'm still pushing to be this top model actor. Actor more so is my first passion, but it wasn't easy for me. I got to see my brother even firsthand book all these roles, having casting directors come out of the room and give him high fives and make me feel like I wasn't even there. But if you stick with it and know that your time will come, that there's a right time for everything and everything connects, there's a reason why I was bullied. There's a reason why I had to feel that fire that the casting director came out and high-fived my brother so I could go in the bathroom, give myself a pep talk and say I was going to stand up for this audition and then booked it. There's a reason why I was mm-hmm. tested before Birdman to see if I really wanted it because my, my time was about to come. It was like, okay, you've been working for so many years, so many years, so many years. You said you want it, you said you want it. Now it's here. Are you ready? I'm going to test you first. Because the ones mm-hmm. that do book it right away, honestly, like in the agency, they don't even do it anymore. It's like it came too easily for them that they thought they could then take a break or, you know, do something else and that it always yes. be waiting for them. And it's not waiting for you anymore. That was your time. You should have, you know, held on to that time because the time comes for everyone at a certain time. And yes. if you are not grateful, well, then God's going to be like, okay, well, they don't want it. On to the next. Absolutely. So Brilliant. I believe that. Yes. And it does, like I said, I feel like it does take 20, 25 years for you to have your breakthrough moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's very true. What is bliss for Helena Alexis? I'm about to cry just thinking about that. True bliss is honestly being yourself. Just being yourself and loving yourself. Because if you are happy with you, nothing else matters. You're going to manifest everything that your heart desires. You're going to be confident. Nothing else matters. You have to love yourself and be yourself. Because if you're trying to be like anyone else, it's not going to happen. When you're on set, you're going to be yourself. You're going to be proud of yourself. And when you get that Emmy win, that Emmy nomination, you're going to be proud because you knew that you were yourself. You were no one else. And you're going to appreciate it. So just bliss for me is loving myself and that everything that I've been through in my life just taught me how to do that. I have to tell you, you're a beautiful person inside and out. You really are. I know you're a beautiful talent, but you, and, and obviously there's the look, but you're a beautiful soul as well. It's really been delightful to have you on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you and contact you and connect with you on social media? Um, at Helena Alexis across the board, Instagram, Facebook, threads now is a thing. <laughs> Make sure you have two A's. So Helena Alexis, all one word. That's awesome. Thank you, Helena Alexis. It was wonderful to have you here. Each week, we spotlight a fabulous person who is living their bliss, like our guest today. So if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who is found in this following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. We also love to feature singers, songwriters, and musicians on this show. So if you're a singer, please reach out to us. Also, what did you love about today's show? Are there any guests or topics that you would love us to feature? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And all you have to do is search up Judy Liebrack. And of course, you can always follow us on Instagram at The Bliss Minute, also on TikTok now and on Facebook.
In Bliss News, earlier on in the show, we talked about how to honor your imperfections with the Japanese art of kintsuji. I just wanted to say a little bit more about this now. In Japan, broken objects are often repaired with gold. The cracks are seen as a unique part of the object's history, which adds to its beauty and splendor. Consider this when you are feeling broken. Cracks, in fact, allow the light to get in, and the practice of kintsuji, repairing broken vessels by sealing the cracks with lacquer and then carefully dusting them with gold powder, is a remarkable and beautiful art. The Japanese believe the golden cracks make the pieces even more precious and valuable. It's beautiful to think of this practice as a metaphor for your life, to see the broken, difficult, or painful parts of you as radiating gold and light and beauty. So in fact, Kintsuji actually teaches us that our broken pieces make us stronger and better than ever before. When you think you're broken, you can pick up the pieces, put them back together, and learn to embrace and honor the cracks. That's how the light comes in, the splendor comes in, and as Oprah always says, from every great difficulty lies wonderful opportunities. And that's what this made me think of and loved this part of the conversation with our guest today to bring apart this wonderful coaching metaphor. I would like to thank our wonderful guest, Helena Alexis Seymour, for being on the show today. It was so wonderful to have her here. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanitsiello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to embrace the cracks because they allow the light to get in. I hope this show brings you all one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.